this is the only album that was recorded. Who? Oh, fuck, dude. Let me start who? the fuck over. Let who? me start the fuck over. <laughs> who? <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into, what do we do? We get into a different album from a different band and we break it down. We listen to it. We try to do as much research as we can if it's not too difficult. And uh, we just we just have a good time while we talk about it and get into it. Uh, if you didn't know already, my name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away is Jeff. Also, while you're listening, because obviously you have nothing better to do, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, give us five stars and five stars only. Don't be an asshole. And uh, if you want to, you know, follow us on social media, all of our uh, handles are at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server. If you want to join that, hang out with us and other people who listen to the pod. Uh, we'll send you the link. Just let us know. And we have a uh, phone number. If you want to give us a call, you could shoot us a text. You can leave us a voicemail. That phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. Now, Jeff, uh, what are we doing today on the podcast? We are doing Coheed and Cambria's album, Good Apollo on Burning Star 4.
Coheed and Cambria formed in 1995 in Nyack, New York. I think that's how you pronounce it. The band was originally called Beautiful Loser, and in 1998, they changed their name to Coheed and Cambria. The original lineup included Travis Stever on vocals and guitar, Claudio Sanchez on guitar, John Carlillo on bass, and Nate Kelly on drums. They currently have 10 full-length records, 4 EPs, and 5 live albums. But that one we're doing today is Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. It's their third record, and it was released September 20th, 2005. The album features Claudio Sanchez on vocals and guitar, Travis Stever on guitar, Michael Todd on bass, and Josh Eppard on drums. Now, Jeff, let's get into our origin story with Coheed and Cambria, and then we'll get into our stinkers if we have any, and then some bangers, and then we'll just talk about the album and story. So what do you got for your origin story with uh, the Coheed and Cambrias? Um, so it started with, with uh, it started with the second album, "In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. When, when a favorite house of Atlanta came out, I mean, dude, everybody loved that song. It's it's really good. It's fantastic, and I know everybody at our high school loved that song because it, again, Coheed kind of checked the boxes for all that was popular at the time, and so that is when I got into them. But not heavily. I did listen to the second stage at that time. Don't remember anything from it. And then mm-hmm. fast forward to Good Apollo when when that one came out, and I bought that like the day it came out. Like I bought that on, on the CDs. Damn. And I I fuck man, that album is just so goddamn good. But I mean, after that, when 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 Part Two came out, it was kind of a dud. And then I did not really listen to anything after good apollo part two aside from maybe like some of the aftermath stuff that you mm-hmm. liked <laughs> but other than that <laughs> I, I just i fell off with them completely um so so really it was just it was just a favorite house of atlantic is what got me into them and uh i don't know that's your origins that's it damn x-men origins <laughs> all right my uh my origin is also like you it was favorite house atlantic first thing i ever heard it was actually the music video i saw that for the first time on mtv or mtv2 i don't remember and uh old friend of the pod sean uh he record or we actually recorded on on vhs and him and i would just watch the video like we, we had we had this one vhs tape of just like all of our favorite music videos you know, all through, you know, our high school years. And it, we, we would just, and this is one of those videos. So we would just watch this video along with, you know, some 41 still waiting, um, you know, green days, uh, minority, just like just random fucking things over the years that we would just have on this VHS tape. But yeah, we watched this video and listened to the song so much. It was just, it's so ingrained in my, uh, my late high school career, mid to late high school career. And, uh, it's just such a cool song. It's so fucking catchy. It's it's by far the best part of this entire record. Like leaps and bounds. I it's it's just it's an awesome song. Not a great record. I mean it's a great record, but it's a little underwhelming after you get away from this song, A Favorite House Atlantic. But yeah, that's my uh that's my origin story. It was that song, that music video, and um all the memories that go along with that. So going into the album of the week. Uh, my introduction, my introduction to that was "Welcome Home." 
I don't remember where I heard it. It might have been through you, actually. Because at that point, I had given up on Coheed. I just didn't even care. So I think you introduced me to that song, Welcome Home. And I just, I couldn't believe just how how heavy it was. The the pinch harmonics, the the just everything about it. It was just so crunchy and great. I, I love that song. And that's my introduction to the record. And yeah, I don't know. What else? What, what do you have on this one? Or actually, are, are, let's we, get are, in, are we getting our final thoughts or what? Yeah, let's give our final thoughts. I'm, I'm ready to wrap this up. Already. Rank it up. Rank it up, yeah, baby. We're seven, eight minutes in. Rank it up. But um, <laughs> anyway, so what is your um, what are your initial thoughts on this record, Apollo 4 Volume 1? Or Good Apollo. Dude, I, I'm so sick of this. Just slow down. I'm just, just so you just sick slow of down, this. you'd be fine. It's not a big deal if you just slow down. No, you it, try it, and go too it, fast. This, try and be like These titles are here. just too long. These titles are too fucking long. So what are your initial thoughts or your, yeah, your initial thoughts on good Apollo? I'm burning my, I'm burning star Fort. See, this is just stupid. It's really I'm, not that hard. It's not that difficult. Good Apollo. I'm burning star Four volume one. What I, are your I initial gave thoughts you, on it? I gave you the backstory of, of why it's called good Apollo. I'm burning star Four, in hopes that you yes. would not ever, ever forget why it's called good Apollo. I I'm know star why 4. it's called that because of the end of, the silent earth record the previous the previous record because he's talking to the dog named apollo and that's the end of the record and it's know. like a, it's like a mic drop he's like good apollo i'm burning star four like a fuck this i'm burning star four. Oh, that's so cool i know, Ugh, I know. get chills get chills on my arms <laughs> oh it's so good it's a great way to end the record but it's a terrible album title no, it's not. As good. I'm burning star stupid. four star four God, is like is... the main this is the okay so where do you want to start where do you want to start where do you want to start? Wherever you want to start. Where you want to start? Wherever you want to start. I want you to do this. I want you to take where the lead this week. Okay. Where, okay I so, want you so, to take so, the lead. So, 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 so. You're more so, knowledgeable so, than me so, on this subject. So, 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 Star 4 is is the central. If, if you see the, the Cody and Cambria. So, Cody and Cambria are two people. So, no, that's a lot of stuff yeah, going into one. <laughs> there's, the, there's so much to this stupid fucking story, man. It's so hard. <laughs> This episode, this week has been so much more difficult than I was ever expecting because this story is so convoluted and there's so much going on. You just don't know where to start because you start someplace and you're like, okay, well now I have to go back and explain this part and this part and that part and fucking annoying, man. It's it's fun though. I love this record, but fuck it, it's annoying sometimes. But like you got to think of, of, of this in in the same kind of terms of, of like A New Hope, Empire, and, and Jedi. Like we're thrown yeah. into the middle of a story whether or not it was it was originally supposed to be it was a, what do you call it? a trilogy but with nine a nineology a tetra- well i think i think this what this ended up being was like a i think it's called a tetralogy so it's five this over this one story is five five albums so a tetralogy i think that's what it's called but like but like but like but like but like. we're, we're thrown into the middle of it here and and we're not entirely supposed to understand everything we're supposed to kind of just Kind of go along with the flow here. When we're thrown into New Hope, we don't know who these who this villain is. We don't know what the Empire is. We don't know anything really. We're just thrown into it. And we're just kind True. of along for the ride. We're along for the journey, and that's fine. And and the the key work which, which everything revolves around is is the the Cody and Camry band, their symbol that they have, which is that triangle and the circles all around. Yeah, the triangle is I think it's like seventy eight planets. That are connected by this this force this force field the key work is what it is, 
and then there's those those circles are are stars and everything is being held together in this this perfect harmony and star four is the one that's in the middle of it so if he blows up star four essentially it's going to destroy the entirety of the keywork and so that's mm-hmm. why it was so cool that he, claudio fiction claudio because there's a real life claudio who's a singer and songwriter for the band coed and cambria and then there's mm-hmm. fictional claudio who is the son of coed and cambria so that's God, that's fun so annoying <laughs> um but yeah that's why it's so cool that that like fiction claudio decides that to to essentially become like the one to become the 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 main person the savior the master villain maybe 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 yeah. his 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 thing is is not to to help people or, or try and solve world peace or or anything he's just like fuck it i'm listening because he's so mad at the time he just he comes to the conclusion that he's going to destroy everything everything that that this universe is that he's going to destroy it and that's cool i like mm-hmm. that so let's yeah. fast forward here to, to burning star apollo 5 um i i really <laughs> consider i consider the first four tracks one song and i don't even care i always have i always will decaf i listen to them all as my one b they are because they are one song for Damn. me and i don't care that's what i do so what do you what do you do? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh, so so keep, why do you say that though? I mean, what what's the reasoning behind that? Because like story wise or musically, both. What, Mus- musically, I mean, keeping the blade and always and never follow each other. That if you if I just played you these songs and I t- and I even said like, hey, this is just this is the first track. Like nobody would ever know that it was two songs because they mm-hmm. just they go so well hand in hand like that. Now if I played you always and never in Welcome Home. That's like the, the kind of the same way. Always never sets up that that acoustic intro to Welcome Home very nicely. And then if you play Welcome Home and then going to ten speed, those two things play out really, really well together. So, yeah, but right. but if I put like keeping the blade up against Welcome Home, it wouldn't make sense. If I put Always and Never up against ten speed, it wouldn't make sense. They have to be in this order, and it's 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 perfect. This is this is a this is a four banger. It's perfect. It's my one B. All four of them don't care. Now mm. I I totally I totally see where you're going from the first song from Keeping the Blade through Welcome Home. The transition between all three of those songs I think is is perfect. Especially going from Always and Never into Welcome Home. I think that's that's just perfect. I don't really remember the transition from Welcome Home to 10 Speed. I mean I'll I'll take your word for it. I just don't remember it being that that significant. Or that it it, it really ends important. on on like the 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 harms right like the orchestral oh, oh, oh. Yeah. and the high okay I guess yeah like it just it flows very nicely and it it needs to happen yeah yeah I mean ten speed that that is quite the song too I mean that's just a very so upbeat good. song it's a really really good song a super upbeat song where like the guitar leads match so well with his voice too. Like they, they just go hand in hand and they just kind of intertwine with one another. It's just, it's just a perfectly balanced song and the chorus is catchy. It's bouncy. Just everything rides along so well in the song. And I don't know. It never really lets up either. That, Tends it, it to was, never really lets up. It was interesting when you said earlier that you heard some Mars Volta stuffs in some of the Coheed songs because yeah. I mean, they're they're coming out in the early two thousands. Like, there's we're, we're listening to post hardcore at the time. There's, it's a big yeah. thing still. It's bound to happen. And and there's some things in this song in that guitar riffage that is very at the drive-in sounding, and I 
I think that's kind of totally. cool. And because then, it, there's a lot of um on this record, well, a lot of the records, but especially this one I noticed there's a lot of noodling guitar leads. So you hear a lot of that in Circus Survive, especially on Juturna. But also Omar from the Mars Volta and Out the Drive-In, he does that so much on in both of those bands. Especially, okay, so like in At the Drive-In on, on Relationship of Command and Interalia, those two records, just the way that that either Omar and, and Jim Ward play off of each other, where Jim plays the more, I guess, rhythm part, the, the lower end of the guitar, and Omar just is kind of noodling, just kind of going all over the place, but it's still just, it intertwines in so perfectly, and the same with Interalia, it's Omar and Keeley, it's the same dynamic, and it just it's just so well done. And that's just what Coheed is. I don't think it's as good as at the drive-in. I don't care what you think. I don't think it's as good at that, but it's the same idea, much like Jaterna from Circus Survive is similar to this, to this record and how the guitars play play against each other or play with each other kind of against each other. I mean, other. I don't I don't think it's as good either. It's just they they play different roles. They're trying to do two different things and and I mean, yeah. One is is defining a genre at the drive-in. And Coheed is essentially trying to to be this is kind of like theater kid music without actually being theater kid music. Like this is very <laughs> This is like very, intelligent and intelligent theater kid music. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that, that's is, what it is. Maybe not intelligent might be a bad word to use, but it's just No, it's, it's very ambitious. More, it's definitely it's more way more ambitious than, than yeah. my chemical romance shit trash. Yeah, oh, my no. my chemical romance is so it's such face value, just kind of superficial. But Coheed, I mean, musically, some of it is more complex, but I, lyrically and story wise, it's just it's so you? it's yeah, it's too much sometimes. Okay, so I guess we can we we can just start with with Welcome Home, or we can just finish Ten Speed real quick. Is Ten Speed yeah, a banger for you? Yeah, yeah. Let's finish Ten Speed. Ten Speed is my, I guess it's my five. Yeah, it's my five B. It's a B for me. Where does this sit for you? It's my one B because it's that's part of the the, the four part suite of the opening. Oh, tracks. that's true. Okay, that's true. Don't that's care. true. That's true. Don't care because do well, it. okay, we'll get into it later. Okay, that's fine. So this is kind of your one B. Should we play a little bit of Ten Speed or what? What do you have on this one musically, lyrically? We just like talked about most of it musically. Well, I did, but you didn't. Lyrically, and I I started it. Okay. Fucking guy. <laughs> fucking gay do you what, what do you uh, I mean, we could do what? the lyrics on this one i mean we could tell like the just the overall story real quick and then incorporate our bees into it let's oh, let's touch on the overarching story because i don't know man it was just a lot it was a really it was a lot for me a lot of characters and i don't know what what do you got it lyrically on this one or okay, overall well, i guess overall the story here we 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 Real, real condensed here. We are introduced to a new character called Ryder, R-Y-D-E-R. He is the writer, W-R-I-T-E-R, of this universe. Now we're breaking yeah. like this fourth wall thing here. So we just, we've been going through the Ambry Wars of, of Second Stage Turbine and then Keeping Secret Silence. Keeping Secret Silence. <laughs> Keep, oh, that's a system of down. Keeping Secret Silence and Sleep. So we've been we've been talking about this Amory War story for for two albums, and now we have a different person coming in who was the writer of these stories. And like I said, we're breaking the fourth wall here. And the writer as a person in the real world is 
is is broken up because his girlfriend Erica Court cheated on him and broke his heart and fucked him over horribly and he's terrible about it and he does not like it and it's sad mm-hmm. so he's he's writing he's writing he's writing the story in in the in the Amory Am Am Amory Amory Wars Amory Jesus Wars. fucking Christ Amory that's Wars. a tough one Amory Wars Amory Wars Amory. It's a stupid Amory. name anyway. Amory. Why, why there's a lot of be, dumb names. There's a lot of alliteration there's a lot there. Of dumb I don't. Names I don't want to. I don't want to do that. It's fine. Yeah. So he's so he's writing this as as like an outlet, right? Like he's he's feeling sad, so he's writing these these characters as extensions of himself. But then like it gets really weird because the character fiction Claudio and fact writer meet up and 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 go yeah, over yeah. plot lines and stuff, and so it becomes like. I don't know. It becomes this fun thing that got like really kind of like meta and weird, and then went back to like this fun thing. And I, it was weird. It was hard to follow. I didn't it understand was it. Very hard to follow. Like the big, the big thing with me for the story was, it's like, why did you just set up this entire universe just to throw it away by saying, oh, this is actually just part of a snow globe of this person's life, and whatever <laughs> he writes becomes fact. Like that's like you, you wasted all of that time. Yeah, so so when I was reading about this, the whole writer R Y D E R and then the writer, that complete like I was just like, what the fuck is going on? On is there something I'm missing here? So I was going back and reading like from the previous album from Keeping Secrets, and I was just like, what the fuck does this mean? And I was trying to research it more, and then I finally realized, okay, this is the same person. This is really fucking annoying. And then as I was going through the songs. I think, okay, so what Claudio has said, like real life Claudio, what he said about this record is that it's a very depressing record. There's a lot of heartbreak. When you really think of, when you really read into it, it's about personal heartbreak, this and that. But I think it's about something more than that. I think it's about drug use. And I always go back to drug use because a lot of musicians use drugs and they use that in their songwriting. And I'm going to use that here. I don't know if it's psychedelics. I don't know what it is. But I feel like the relationship between the right the writer and writer and the two Claudios, I feel like a lot of that is is due to extreme heartbreak, extreme depression, and him you resorting to whatever kind of drug it is and having hallucinations with the ten speed bike. Because that entire storyline, having the ten speed bike be or 10 speed be this like villain and then him questioning are you are you really a villain or are you just my bike you know it's just a very kind of dreamlike you know getting really fucked up and high kind of state of being so i feel like that's what it is i feel like he's real life claudio was so depressed getting fucked up on drugs and this is him writing about that experience but trying to associate it with the overall story arc of this entire universe that he's created in these comics and novels. I mean, you're on the, you're, you're essentially right about everything. I don't think drugs played a factor in it. I know. He, I mean, like if you read anything about Claudio and his wife mm-hmm. there, he, I don't want to say he like says a lot of negative things about her, but he kind of does say like a lot of negative things about their relationship. But I think it's, I just, that, yeah. it's him just focusing on the negative so he can write better music but they've been together for over 10 years. So like, it's clearly not bad. And I, this was a time when they're getting popular. They're getting big. They're touring a lot. They're making money now. He's not home all the time. 
and that's always a big strain on any relationship is is when these bands kind of like start making a lot of a lot of money some decent some decent big label money and so yeah. this is this is an album that was kind of like necessary because he needed an outlet and, and he's writing this story he's writing this world but he just feels disconnected from it anyway and rather than start from scratch and, and scrap the whole thing he finds a way to incorporate it into like his current his current mental state his current emotional state which is kind of cool because it, it means it shows that he doesn't have you know point a to point b and it has to be that way it's okay to like go off on these little tangents and, and rewrite things based off of how i feel at the moment because then they did he did end up finishing the story in a different way in like 2017 mm-hmm. or whatever it was when they re-released some of the comics to yeah. extrapolate on this story so I I, I I like that. That's cool. I feel like also when you when you read his lyrics, I mean some of them some of his lyrics I just don't I can't figure out. I, I like we've always talked about on the pod, we're not much of a we're not lyric men. That's not really our thing. It hasn't been until recently. So some of the lyrics on this record I just I just don't get from like a personal standpoint. Even like what people have said, you know, how it relates to the actual overall story arc, I still don't really see it at at some points. I don't know. I think relating the lyrics on this record to the overall story just is a stretch. It's a total fucking stretch to me. I really think it is. I, I just I agree. Uh, I I I, th- I think I think if if you if you knew nothing about the story, if you knew nothing about this band, if I just gave you, I I just wrote track one, track two, and then gave you the lyrics per, and I asked you yeah. what you think the story's about. Fuck no, no way in hell would you ever. Would you ever get this story from yeah, you the lyrics he yeah, wrote? You no way. It's like he wrote the story, the fictional story, after the fact. Like he 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 connected the 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 fictional stuff with what happened in real life, way after the fact. Like year, I mean, well, he did though, right? Isn't that what you just said? He he did it way yeah. after. Well, so yeah, well, not way after. Yeah, not way. After. Well, still after. I, I think well he just he's made more of it like because this 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 one ends pretty like ambiguously, supposedly. Yeah. I I just think that I think he's a great songwriter. I think he's a great um, what do you call it, like a lyricist? But like you write comics like like words. What do you what do you call it? like a writer? Word I vomit. Well, oh, just a writer, a, a comic book writer. Or no, because he's yeah. a terrible lyricist when it comes to music. I think he's a fucking awful lyricist. I don't think he's a great poet at all. But I think he writes good stories. <laughs> And he has great concepts, and he writes fantastic music. And he yeah, has, great, great stories outside of the actual songs themselves. Yes, I just don't think you he, know. I, I don't think he can take those great stories and put them into song format. Correct, I, I just don't correct. think he's good at doing that. But, but I think else for, I, I think he's great yeah. at. I think the, the perspective of you know because what I get from this entire record is a lot of betrayal between either it be himself or the significant other. The betrayal, how he feels like to the point where he wants to kill the person. He wants to see them rot in hell at certain points. There's a lot of a lot of uh, references to hell and wanting to just destroy everything because of of that betrayal of just being so angry that you just want to strangle them. There's a lot of pretty uh, pretty violent things on this record that I had no idea was a thing that I didn't even think he would write about, but. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was eye opening. It was definitely eye opening. But like I said, when it relates to the actual fiction, the fictional part of the story, I don't see it really at all. So that's 
kind of annoying. I feel like, oh, God, it, it makes me kind of annoyed with fan with the fans of the band because they make these connections. But I feel like they only make the connections because they've read the stories already. Then yeah. They just make these, like, these, they they fill in the gaps and it just doesn't, I don't know. I don't like and it. And that's, that's, no, that's that's true because if you don't know the story, you're going to be lost. You're not going to be able to pick it up here. But I, I think that's I think that's kind of cool because that's rewarding like their fans. I think Covid's always been about the fans, really about about the lore because they 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 do it till till just this year. They've been doing this day one, and they're still doing it. So it's 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 they're rewarding their fans, and it's not just it's not just albums. It's comics. It's books. It's it's everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. That's cool. And and they're kind of like a band that's just that's just like you know fuck off. You don't like us, then don't follow us. I don't really care. We have a de- they have a crazy devoted devoted fan base. Yeah, devoted fan base. Yeah, they totally and, do. And they play they play music for them. I like that. I do too. I did I did real I did kind of realize as I was going through the lyrics, like the first three or four songs, I was reading the story before I read the actual lyrics, so it influenced the way I was reading the lyrics. But then after yes. that, I I thought, okay, let's read the lyrics first, make my own interpretation. And then read the uh, the fictional connection, and then after I after I started doing that, I had a completely different perception of what he, I felt like he was actually singing about. Did if you read if you read Ten Speed before you you realized it was a bicycle being possessed <laughs> by this fucking yeah. devil thing? No, 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 no fucking way, no way. Would you yeah, ever no pick that make up? The connection. Yeah, it's Nobody crazy, crazy stuff. Should we play a little bit of 10 Speed? Ten and then we'll get back into Welcome Home? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Play. So here it is, uh, 10 Speed of God's Blood and Burial from Coed and Cambria. Damn it, I fucked that up. Mm. Well, anyway, there's uh, yeah, there's ten speed of God's blood and burial. So I usually fade out, but I accidentally clicked, fade, clicked another good fade, song. Good fade, good fade. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, this one, this one's about Ryder's bicycle becoming possessed by ten speed. This this dark embodiment of of Ryder's dark side. He's mm-hmm. again, he's broken up about this girl Erica Court cheating on him, and he's 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 upset. 
and instead of dealing with it, um, I guess in, in conventional ways, he he's writing about it, and then the part that he can't, the part of him that he can't come to terms with is why she cheated on him, and she even said it was like kind of his fault that she did it, and so like Ten Speed is this dark side of writer that he's not able to confront, like I said, in conventional ways. So it's it's his fucking demon, and the demon tells him that he has to go into the fictional world and kill this character Ambelina, who's a prize but cut off her mm-hmm. wings because she's kind of in love with Claudio, fictional Claudio. And he needs to go kill Ambelina because Ambelina is essentially one half of, of how he wrote fictional women of his real girlfriend, Erica. He wrote her Ambelina and the Nuo. Nuo? Nuo? Mm. I'd say other half. Nuo. Just Nuo? Saying, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So in order for Ryder to, to be free of, of the hurt, this, this demonic bicycle tells him to go kill this fictional <laughs> girl. That's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it's like some acid trip kind of thing, you know. Yeah, it's just like it's just it's just like what else can we do? What else can we do? So that's cool. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a really cool song. It's a really cool song. So let's go back to Welcome Home. Yeah, didn't even finish Welcome Home. Yeah, we didn't even touch upon it. Oh, we just played it, but that was it. So, like we said, this was our introduction to this record. This was a fucking great song that acoustic guitar like you said the it's so crisp it's such yeah. a crisp tone right and it's damn it's a fucking good song what do you what do you got on this one musically i mean just like fuck me if the first minute and a half of this song isn't just absolutely historic not great not fan, yeah. like historic it is it is historic and and honestly the drums overall on this album are kind of Eh, they're kind of Meg White. They're kind of just like this is. This is. We we need something to kind of keep the pacing. There's a couple parts where they where they shine a little bit, but overall it's it's just Meg White status. The bass playing too, kind of just meh. Meg White bass playing, whatever. Sometimes he has a little flair to it, but damn <laughs> man, White bass playing. <laughs> that that drum part is just so. Oh, it's so good. It's that so first easy. Tom hit those Tom it's, hits. And you hear him like kind of like bellow yeah. out. It's so easy oh to play. God. It's so easy to follow, and I just I love how simple it is, and just how aggressively complex the guitar parts are. <laughs> I know, right? Why? And the, like you overdo it, and it comes out perfectly. It, it is so over the top metal, but it's so it's so concise. Like it's it's over the top, but it's still classy. Like it doesn't. It really rides that line of being annoying. And being super, super fucking cool, because like Zach Wild, the the arguably like the king of the pinch harmonics, can be so fucking annoying. But here they just they, it's just perfectly placed, and not overdone. I love it, and the heavy chugging. Oh my gosh, the just the guitar tone overall, not just the acoustic crisp crispness, but just the the fuzzy crunch of those electric guitars is just solid, solid stuff. And the big, heavy, bombastic drums. It's so it's almost good. like John Bonham style tone with those drums. I mean, obviously not as great and just groove bass as Led Zeppelin or John Bonham, but tonally, it, it has that that Bonham style to it. Yeah, they're they're definitely going for a loud sound. Yeah, and, oh, and, and they do it super well. They do it super well. And it's kind of cool because because that that riff that that verse riffage reminds me of like Cashmere. Which yeah, is, that, I mean, it, it's it it's, really does, yeah. Right, that's it. It is, 
it's the same like strumming pattern, right? It, pretty much. It's 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 the same it's it's in the same ballpark. And it's yeah, not crazy to think about similar. because they're they they're massive Zeppelin fans. Claudio has said that he's highly influenced by by Jimmy Page and Robert Plant songwriting wise. And like who isn't really inspired by Zeppelin at this point? True, true. But then on the same album we'll hear like another Zeppelin part later on to in the album itself. So bonus track. It's, it's kind of cool that that uh, that this mimics or like pays homage to Zeppelin, and uh, and I like that. And I like hearing the, the the lead guitar hit those aggressive, loud, like distorted single notes as as the rhythm, yeah. rhythm lays down like the main riff, riffage, because you can hear like that and then the guitar the lead guitar is like. Oh, dude, it's so good. And it just—it's so dark. It's so dark. It's so oh, it's—it's so. I don't want to say it's topic. That's what it is. It's so hot topic. I love it. I kind of want to say it's Sabbath esque, but it's not. It's—I can't put my finger on. I know what you're talking about, but I can't put my finger on what it's what it's similar to. But I want to say Sabbath. But whatever. Yeah, this is this is a great song. And it's just, it, it. not only is it heavy, but it is very, very catchy too. Very, very catchy. And it just leads you on this this trip, this kind of ride through the entirety of it. And then the woes at the very end too. I mean, that could be very, very cheesy. cheesy. I mean, look at Blink-182's Nine record. That, that Every song has a woe on it. But they, this is just like perfectly placed, perfectly timed, perfect amount of uh, times they say the woes. And it just kind of like, fades out and then leads into 10 speed and it's good stuff man it's really really good i like uh i i love the build-up leading directly into the solo like it drops just insanely hard mm-hmm. after it's already been built up already and like the solo dude like the solo has so many parts to it. it's got dueling guitar it's got melodies yeah. it's got shredding it's got slow stuff it's just it's a fucking perfect solo it is a perfect solo they're really good at soloing too. It's surprising that they never really go back to it. They don't solo that often. There's a lot of lead guitar lines, but nothing like a solo. They don't. They maybe do it like once or twice a record. Yeah, but they're really and good at it. They are really good when they when they want to be because because like this this solo they're writing a, a song, like the solo is kind of its own little song. It's its own little part to this overall song. It has yeah. some solid melody to it, but it also shreds. Like it does it does the job of a solo. But then also kind of does the job of like a bridge or an interlude. It does a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and it's it's really really good. Love it. I do too. I I mean I think this is an absolutely perfect song. I, this is the best song they've ever put out. This and Favorite House Atlantic, the best songs they've ever put out, hands down. Can't fuck with them. I don't care if they're singles. They're the best songs. And Welcome Home is it's it's. I mean this is so far beyond banger status. I just <laughs> I it's, know. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking remarkable. It is. I mean, yeah, I but, for sure think Welcome Home is their best, the best thing they've ever put out. Like, if you took Welcome Home out of Coheed and Cambria's life, then I would, I'd probably never go back to this band, to be honest. Like, we would not be doing this pod, that's for sure. But <laughs> Or this episode. We, we'd be doing the pod, but not this episode. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. But if you took Coheed and Cambria out entirely, everything they've done, everything, except for just one song, Welcome Home, I'd be all for it. Can you imagine an an entire heavy album like this? I mean, it could be arguably like one of the coolest metal records of all time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Had they done an entire record like this. And it's kind of surprising that they've never done anything like that. 
Like they seem like a band who would make like one super super heavy metal record, one album that's very kind of acoustic based, one very pop rec pop rock record. But they've never done that. It's always been just kind of middle of the road. Let's throw in a little things here and there, but it's always very very middle of the road. I don't understand it. I it really is, don't. It is weird. And like you know, shortly after this came out, like that's when that's when Thrice did the the Alchemy Index, right? That was like yeah. a couple of years after this, so. It's it's weird that they wouldn't be inspired because they like, clearly they're inspired by, by the genres right by the post hardcore punk pop yeah. punk emo genres. So it's weird that they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do some type of, tri- even like a triple album of, of three different genres and really, really hammer them home. Or even like they, they love doing double stuffs. Visu came out like a year after this, and then Alchemy Index came out a year after that or two years after that. So it's like there was a lot of cool thing, experimenting things that, experimental things that Thrice were doing at the time that, yeah, like you said, I'm surprised Kohi didn't really kind of jump onto that because they, they had obviously done that before with the first record with Second Turbine, or was it Second Turbine, whatever the fucking record's yeah, called? Yeah, second, second Stage Turbine, believe. Second Stage Turbine. I mean, that that was like, like I said on the, the, the rankings episode, that is like a Thrice's identity crisis. It's, it's, a, it's a combination of all these random genres into one record done really really well and they kind of always i feel like they always kind of followed what thrice was was doing as well but not as good as thrice that's just how i feel about it thrice were just a better band songwriting wise musically i felt like they were better maybe not story wise but you know that's outside of the music and band itself but whatever i mean it's it's i mean they're in the same ballpark of, of music but I, I, again, I think they're they're setting out to do different things. Yeah, and I think I think I think because Coheed is so so staunch on on keeping with like the kayfabe, as uh, the wrestlers say, I think it hurts their okay. songwriting. What does kayfabe mean? I don't know what that means. I don't get the reference. Oh, if, if you're uh, like like Stone Cold Steve Austin needs to be Stone Cold Steve Austin, even if he's in the oh. fucking grocery store, okay. you can't break okay. character. Okay. I so see, Stone Cold and The Rock are having a spat. And you know any any uh, event that they're together with, they need to continue that spat. <laughs> Do you remember the? <laughs> I think we even talked about it a few years ago in our group chat when Booker T was in the grocery store and then Stone Cold showed up. That is the best. That, that is the best. Beat the shit out of Booker T. Oh, it's so good. He pours oh, milk on him. He breaks eggs on him. And oh, it was so it's, funny. That's fantastic. I God, that was so, so funny. It's so good. One of the best wrestling things I've ever seen. Man, wrestling used to be just man. Wrestling was top notch. <laughs> wrestling was top notch. Oh, I wish I was more into wrestling back in the nineties, early two thousands. I really man, wish I that was. Is, that is the that is the era too. That is the attitude era. That is that is what made wrestling historic. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm slowly making my way through the beginning of the WWF up until that that era of wrestling that we were just, that we were just talking about. So good. But anyway, back to Code and Cambria. Back Let's um are we good with Welcome Home? Yeah. Okay. So what's your two B then? All right, well, yeah, what's your two B since we uh, talked about uh, for, essentially for, the first four songs already? We haven't talked about keeping the blade and we haven't talked about always and never. What are you talking about? Okay, let's get into that then. We've done anything about him. We've, we've said less things guy. than normal, actually. What do you got then? <laughs> so keeping the blade. This is the instrumental track. This opens it up. This tune is a recurring theme in their albums. We've heard this mm-hmm. before, right? Yeah. 
Do you remember or you don't remember? I don't remember. I Fucking God. With you. Come on. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Dude, the intros, dude, it's like two minute intros every album. Like, I'm just going to skip this shit. But it's it's the tune. It's the tune. <laughs> this this tune okay. we have heard probably th- at least three times in their first two albums. And it, it's supposed to, like, like fans say that it represents, like, the passing of time. And and it would make more sense if you remembered that it was it was there. Even the name, Keeping the Blade, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's the amalgamation of their first two albums and keeping secrets and and then yeah. second stage second turbine stage blade. Turbine, so it's yeah. taking two things, but we've heard this before and that that's fine. But this is the first time we've heard it. We've heard this tune as an actual song that builds around the theme. Like usually it's just a, it's sort of like a placeholder, but this time is an actual song, and it's fucking badass. It is so goddamn good. I love this. I, I can listen to just this song alone and then just go on to like Blink or go on to anything else and be like, be satisfied because yeah. I love how the song just builds. I love how the song builds. I love how it builds to the orchestral parts. I like the highs and the lows. They're all just like surreal. They're all perfect. You can hear some of the lower strings kind of like octave jump. They'll scale up, but instead of hitting that like that higher E, they'll drop down to the lower E. And so you can hear these kind of like subtleties in the music. And, and that's, that just comes from like superb songwriting. That's just better songwriting. Yeah. I just, I don't have much to say about this, this first track. I just, I think there was just a lot of burnout this week for me with Coheed. And I just kind of forgot about, I don't know. This one just did not stand out to me at all, but I understand what you're saying. Oh my God. And then, and then there's this part that, so the piano, the piano's playing. And then right before the string part really comes in, the piano hits his chord. It's like, doom. And the string goes, so right before that, like string part, that piano chord, man, that fucking chord hits so hard. It hits so heavy. It rings out just long (laughs) enough. It rings out slow enough. It's, it's deep. It's rich. That is a good piano chord right there. That, that is like my second favorite piano chord, my second favorite piano part, I guess, in 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 a musical piece, like a pop piece, I guess. After after Weezer's um, "Only in Dreams" and oh my god, love it, of course, love it. You always got to bring up that song, the it's ending of so that good. song, so yeah, fucking good. I just you, I just I I love I love when 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 artists write just already a perfect song, and then go back to that perfect song and just think like, how can we make this better? without making it worse because if if you go into it thinking how can i make this better you can always make it better but you're probably going to make parts of it worse but if you Mm -hmm. think how can i make it better without making it worse then you're really really particular about what you're doing to the song true true i like it a lot a lot so yeah that's keeping the blade (laughs) that's also my one beat (laughs) of course it is okay because it's one whole song Mm -hmm. it's sweet so always and never Always so, and never. Yeah, this is an acoustic song, just guitar and vocals. Of course, you like this shit. Uh, you like it too, right? I mean, no, I, no, I, I, no, I think it's fantastic. No, this is a fucking is, great song. Is this a B for you? It is not, wow. but I still think it's a How great the song. Fuck, are you fucking insane? Because oh, it is not a B. Because for you. I don't think it's like a. It's not a full song. Like this is a transition song, and I get it. I, I totally, totally get it. Always and never, and keeping the blade could be one song easily just be one song so this is to me is like a filler song i think it's also because i know i'm what i'm getting myself into with welcome home like so i'm just excited i'm excited for that build i'm build up i'm excited for that hype 
because that's what this song is. It's fucking build up into Welcome Home, into that that acoustic riff at the beginning of Welcome Home, into that big heavy, the big heavy guitars and everything. Oh, can so I, I don't really it's not a banger for you. I don't really think of this song as a single song. It's great. It's fantastic. There's some great falsetto stuff that that he doesn't do very often. He really, really doesn't. But he fucking kills it in this. So okay. Okay. it's good. All right. And then, well, I mean, the only thing that that's a little bit weird is the uh, the kids' voices and everything. The kids talking in the background. That's great. I don't know. It's fine. That part's I love fine, that. But I love that because the children playing in the background give the song that that sort of. It's an uneasy innocence. Whenever okay, you hear kids laughing and playing, you automatically kind of let your guard down a little bit. But we know this this world, this world building, is not innocent. It's 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 a beautiful contrast, is what it is. Yeah, and that's yeah. A, that's again that's that's cool songwriting. That's that's how can I make this song better without making it worse? And I I, I think it's, I think it's perfect. I love this. I do. I love this. I love this song. It never gets it never gets old. It never gets too crazy either. Small soundscapes work because. Because they're not overdone, they're not drowning out the music, and they're not taking away from anything. All they are doing is supplemental stuffs. True, true. It's. I mean, I'm. Don't get me wrong. This is not a bad song by any means. It's just, it's a build up. It's a. It's just a good, you know, combined with the first song. Like I said, it's like a good four or five minute build up into Welcome Home. Okay, well, that's that's actually incorrect. So. <laughs> Um, All right, so yeah. what do you have lyrically on this one? Uh, this was like the first time we're introduced to writer, the writer. Uh, mm-hmm. Claudio from our world is essentially the writer of, of Coheed's music and lyrics, but also the story and creator, writer, who is the writer of the fictional universe. Stupid, dumb. Um, but it's it's a cool <laughs> way to expand on the on the multiverse thing that they got going on. Again, I like it. I like that, that he's, he's calling an audible, right? He's like... Maybe he had a, a story planned out. Maybe he's like George Lucas and pretended that he had a story planned out. And then probably halfway the case, through, yeah. he's like, uh, you know, I'm feeling different. I want to change everything and then change everything. But um, but in this song, we have fictional Claudio connecting to real world writer. And they're connected mentally and sort of physically since the pain writer feels, uh, Claudio also feels. But like this is like the intro. This is This is both of the worlds coming together in a way that both of them don't quite understand what is happening, but they kind of also understand what is happening. Like taking it out of the, the the fictional side of it all, I just think this one is about waiting for his lost love and missing everything about her, feeling like he can never sleep or be happy again until he she's with him. That's what I feel, pers- from a personal level. That's what I feel that that this song is about. That's crazy. I I don't know if I would be able to to pull anything from his lyrics if I didn't know the story. I, so I, I don't think I could. So what after after like the first few songs after I you know I I realized okay let let me read the lyrics separately, and then I'll go back and then read the story. That's what I did. Like I I I, I did that and then I read the story afterwards. So I for almost all my songs I have like a, a, what it means what I think it means and then what the story says it means. And they're they're just completely fucking different. Every everyone's fucking different. And I feel like every other song is about like like one song will be about Claudio or or just this person just being in love, feeling betrayed, this and that. And then the second and then the next song will be about 
the other person's perspective, the girlfriend's perspective, saying that he's the manipulator, he's the shitty one, he's the one who doesn't understand, and that's why I'm leaving. And then the next song will be about, you know, Claudio's perspective of being like, I don't understand why she's leaving me. I want to kill her. I'm pissed off. And then it just, throughout the album, it just kind of escalates until the very end where it just gets pretty violent at, at certain points. So that's kind of how I feel. And then I go back and read, you know, what the story says it's about. And it's like, dude, <laughs> you can't fucking make any of these connections at all. Like it actually made it a little bit less fun and interesting after I read what the story was about. I mean, the story by itself is cool, but relating it to this record, I think, is just silly. I just don't. I, I don't care for that. I think if you just take his his actual lyrics and just placeholders for noises, then then I think it would make more sense. Like if he was just singing la di da's the whole time, yeah. And then you had to read about what the song is about story wise. I think that, that would be a little cooler. bit more, a little bit more beneficial. Because, I agree. I agree. Because for sure, dude, like this guy is just not. A, he's just not a good lyricist. He's just not. I wouldn't he, say that he's, he's a bad lyricist. It's just he is because he's trying not to connect con- the story with the lyrics doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't think his lyrics are and necessarily bad. That's why he's bad. bad. They are bad because they're not doing what he wants them to do. Okay, he, okay, you're right in that sense. You are right in that sense. He he wants to tell his story, and he's a good storyteller because him and his wife write fucking pretty cool ass comics, but his lyrics are trash. <laughs> Only in connection with the stories. That's it. Yeah. All right, so let let's are we are we good with always and ever? Yeah, no, we're good with the with with with, with my one B, one two three with four. With your one B, okay. <laughs> so should we move on to should we move on to your two B? Yeah, two B. What do you got? Wake up, wake up, wake up, dude, wake uh, up. Dude. So that's not a banger for me. I know because you're fucking boring. <laughs> it's a fucking slow as a ballad. Dude, love it. It's so good. Ugh. I so, I even put here I would only listen to I only listen to the song in the context of the re- of this album. Dude, this I would like, never this listen like, to this by itself. It's like pop punk goes acoustic is what's happening here. And Tammy it's, it's loves cool. this song too. Tammy I, loves this song because it's so fucking good. I love how busy the guitar is constantly. It's just constantly busy, but doesn't really venture off from like the picking. Like rarely he hits. He's hitting chords, but it's mm. never too busy. Again, it's never busy enough to be like irritating but he's always doing something and that's what like drives a good acoustic song forward rather than kind of just, you know, stalling in the water is either a really solid melody like dashboards throwing out or some really cool, like fucking picking. Like I liked why a lot of cool, like unplugged stuff is, is good because of, of guitar work. And this is it. This is fantastic acoustic guitar work. And same with the the drums and percussion. Like this, this stuff like drives a song forward, but they don't take over. They are they are comfortable. They are happy, sitting in their lane in the back seat. I just don't feel like his vocals fit well with these kind of a ballads. Like the ballad itself, musically is not bad at all. It's his vocals with like the the lot of O sounds, the the round sounding words that he does. The ow, the like he sounds like a dog or a wolf or something like that. Like just the way he sings, it just sounds funky in an acoustic ballad like this and it's, it's so he, distracting he tries because he tries really hard to be kind of unique and and the way he sings is very unique there's not a lot of it people is. that sing like him and so when you when you when you have something that's like welcome home and like favorite house of atlantic which another reason why that blew up was because like you said the video and his hair right that yeah, was like yeah, what the hair, fuck yeah. 
Like that's the guy that's singing this. What? That, <laughs> the, that, that the snake bites on his lips. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the fucking yeah. piercings that he had. The yes, piercings. Yeah, the snake bites. Yeah. That's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to get like lip piercings when I worked at Virgin Records was because. Oh, dude, of I always wanted snake bites. <laughs> yeah, I always There's... wanted them. And then Tam- I don't know if you remember <laughs> Tammy when when I met Tammy, she had snake bites for like years after we Is even she? met. Oh yeah, she had snake bites. I mean, her whole face was tat or not tattooed was pierced. Tammy's had so many piercings over the years, but yeah, when I met her, she had the she had the snake the the snake bites. Huh. I do not. I do yeah. not remember that. I, she, I, I think do... she, she didn't take him out till like maybe 2010. So like four or five years into our, into our relationship. Yeah, she finally like was like, oh, I'm over it. I'm gonna take him out. She finally <laughs> did. But she still has scars. Like she still I was, has the scars that's, on her. Lips. I was gonna say I love I love talking to people about music sometimes because I, I inevitably will just stare at like their face, and <laughs> if I see little holes where their piercings used to be, I have to bring up. I said, How cool did you think you were when you got those lip piercings? <laughs> <laughs> but the snake Love bites it. were cool they were cool i still think they're cool but yeah it's, i do it's, too i mean it's super like goofy it, now that you have little holes in your face if, if tammy if tammy brought back her snake bites i'd be totally cool with it totally fucking cool with it I, i'd still i'd still eh, i don't know if i get a piercing actually i wouldn't do it no yeah I, I don't care to get pierced but fucking tammy man she's gotten it's so she's gotten so like, many parts of her body pierced it's insane <laughs> Not even not not that like because my all my tattoos are super stupid, but yeah, like the thought here. of getting my lip pierced, like I just I would only do it just so I could constantly <laughs> laugh at myself. Like there's just no other reason for it. It's so silly. I fucking love it. fucking Mike, Mike, our fr- friend of the pod, Mike. When when him and I lived together, like in 2014, 2015, in in Irvine, he was going through this phase where he was just doing weird things, and he went and got a nose piercing. He got his he got his like nostril pierced, not a septum, but his nostril, but he got, he got the ring too small. So it just looked really, his, his nose and head looked way bigger because of just how small the piercing was on his nose. And it looks so, it looks so ridiculous. He took it out after like a week. Cause it, I think it got infected or some shit like that, oh. but yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, he's just ridiculous. Like, can Especially you imagine? Can you imagine no, Mike with no with a way. nose piercing? Yeah, because right? of his long beard and how it's like tapered to be like <laughs> longer than it is wider, and the way yeah. his hair is also tapered to his like yeah, buzz cuts yeah. on the side and it's poofy on top. So all these things make his head look more elongated than it should be. No, I cannot imagine him doing more so. <laughs> like, remember we thought his ears were really really small, but that he doesn't have small ears. That are proportion to his head is just because it's, it's just, the way his, yeah, his the, hair. This, his hair, yeah, his hair, yeah. His his I mean not anymore because his hair his facial hair and the top of his head isn't the same anymore. But at the time it was like an hourglass shape because he had the long beard. But yeah, it would go out on the sides and then flatten out at the bottom, and then his hair would would be like you know the fade on the side, and then it would be like this poof of hair, and then it'd be flat on top. So it was like a like a almost like a perfect hourglass of a face. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> Pretty funny stuff. <laughs> it's fucking so Mike, silly. <laughs> that was the style, man. That was the style. It's still, it's still kind of cool. I think, I think, I think, I think piercings are good. Tattoos have kind of become like cliche and, and it's more accepted. Yeah, for sure yeah. than piercings. Like facial piercings are still kind of like, well, what's that fucking thing in your face, dude? Yeah, it's still, it's still pretty edgy. Yeah. So the I, ones I, I never, I never understood were the surface piercings. Like Tammy used to get the surface ones. 
the service like on, piercings. Like the ones on her wrist. Like stuff that doesn't go through something. Like doesn't go through your nose, your lip, your ear. Oh, it's something that just one like, hole? Well, it's not just one hole. It goes through two holes, but it's like it's surface because like when you put it on your wrist, it goes through like Yeah, there's two holes, but it's I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like Ah, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Like it's mainly it's more mainly for like a, a bar. Like instead of a ring, it's a bar that goes across. Oh, I see. I, okay, you know what I, I mean? See. Yeah. So, so like on the back of because Renee has like those on the back of her neck. Yes, Tammy used to have that too on the back of her neck. So yeah. you're right. There is two. There are two holes, but it's, but it's, it's just a, a bar a, that goes through it. It's a barbell, and all you're seeing yeah. are the are the bell parts, not the bar. Yeah. So that's a surface piercing. So Tammy had the one on her neck. She had that for like over ten years, and then she had the one on her wrist, and it got super infected. Her whole her whole, her whole arm swelled up and turned <laughs> red. <laughs> and we had to go. We had to go to the urgent care and everything, and they had to like take the piercing out, or no, they had to give her like medication to bring the swelling down, and then she had to take the piercing out. Yeah, and then she got her. She got her. Um, what is it? The uh, her hip pierced. She got that service pierced. Pierced, and that got infected within like, I think a week as well. Yeah, service piercings always get fucking uh, infected. It's terrible. Hmm. But anyway, yeah. Why? Why are we? Oh, we're talking. Piercings because of Claudio because he had the snake bites. Oh yeah, yeah, because the snake bites. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, oh, that's fine. Back to Coheed. Back to Coheed and Cambria. No, that wake up was my TV, but you hate it, so we can move on. That's fine. No, no, I, we can play it. I, I don't mind. We haven't got to like how many bees do you have? Do you have any stinkers? So, no, I, I have no stinkers. There's only really two, two songs that I want to talk about, and then I'm good to go. Totally good okay. to go. But we, we, I'm down to play Wake Up. Do you want me to play it? No, that's fair. Are you sure? Yeah, because this one this one doesn't have like a whole lot to do with the the overall story, and and I just read that it was about Claudio having a fight with his girlfriend and and kind of going in in line with 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 a band who was getting big and touring and not being home, and there's significant others complaining about it. Okay, I got something completely different from that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll move on then. We'll move on. Um, okay, so my my two B is the suffering. It's another single. I don't care. That's <laughs> not besides just like the acoustic part. I mean, the suffering is just as as pop punky and oh, it's as, so as good. wake up is when it when it hits into that that second chorus and everything opens up and it's just like this big, I don't, and not heavy, just big sounding song and just it's just so fucking catchy. Oh my god, dude. the suffering. The Suffering has the perfect balance of the palm muted guitars, the kind of swingy, kind of a little bit of math rock kind of drumming and style all meshed into like a three and a half minute jam. It's just, it's so perfect. Like they do this kind of shit absolutely perfectly. If they did an entire record of three and a half, four minute songs in this kind of vein, not to say every song needs to sound like this, but in this vein of styling, dude, they could just be, this and then they put out like a big heavy metal record like Welcome Home in the style of Welcome Home. Mm. Dude, they'd be like on top of the fucking world. Mm. They seriously would. And they could still bring that they could still like lyrically, story wise, bring that into the entire universe of the the uh the keywork. Is that what it's called? Keywork, right? Yeah, the Amory yeah. Wars. <laughs> the Amory all of that, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I like the suffering. I love the suffering. Where what is this for you, uh, B wise? It's my three B. I love the suffering. Why are you acting like you hated it? 
Either because thing. you act like you hate fucking wake up, but like wake up. No, if you wake just up is put so music different. behind it. It's a suffering. No, it's way different. The only difference is wake up's acoustic. That, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's the same song. Like literally, it's the same song. It's not the same song. If you that's isolate okay. the vocals, it's the same song. I did it today. <laughs> oh different. shit! So should we play this song? Do we, what do you got musically on this lyrics? What what do you th- what do you think we should do? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I love, I love the guitar tone in this one. I think it, it sounds just fucking really cool. I love the riffage. I love the, like, like when he, when he's note matching vocally with, with the riffage, <laughs> like that, that gives me chills. It really does. Yeah, and this one, so this one, this one's pretty prog rock, right? They, they are essentially kind of like a prog band at heart, but they, they do things to make you believe that they are not. But I think they are a prog band at heart. They have, they have tendencies that I mean, there's a lot of yes in this album. Also, there's a lot of really mm-hmm. cool prog stuff, and it shows from like their stories, their like their story writings, where where it's kind of like all over the place. This is a prog band at heart, and this riffage like it doesn't just come, it doesn't just come from the guitar, but also the bass and drums. They're also doing some other weird stuff together apart from the guitar riffs, but it's all still blending together. So like they like 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 in good prog music, right, where you start at one point, you you diverge. You each do your own thing and you come back to meet at the end. But mm. in the middle part, you're each doing something totally different. So if you isolated the tracks, they're two completely different songs. But play them together and say, okay, it's kind of fucking cool. That's kind of the same thing here. I see what you're True. doing. I like it. True. And the verses here, man, the verses are so catchy. The verses are so catchy in the song that when the chorus finally hits, it's even more mind-blowing. Because I love these verses. I love them so <laughs> much. They're, they're really so good. good. And then just the also like the background vocal haze, you know the hey, hey, hey. hey. It was to me, to me. Just the 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 intertwining of the the Claudio's vocals with the background vocals, and just the the chord progressions, the the high chord kind of progressions that that kind of go on throughout the song, the lead guitar parts, absolutely killer. And I totally agree with you. The guitar tone on this song is is killer. It's really really killer. Do you want to get lyrically into this, or do you want to play it? What do you want to do? I, I wrote, and I was reading, because I'm not reading the lyrics here, I'm reading the story, and then reading the lyrics. This was writer essentially making up his mind, or most of his mind, to enter the story, his story, right, and kill Ambelina to quell his suffering. But like any any good story, there's always that piece of, of writer, the, the the person, that just kind of wants to propose to Erica and shoot his last shot. And to see if he can give it one more go before he expels her from his life entirely. I read it. I, yeah, the little bit I read about the story itself, I, I kind of got that too. But I like my interpretation better because I'm a better. Uh, I don't know. I'm a interpretation man. A better interpretation man. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the word. Quirt, quite quirt? the uh, quirt the word. Quirt the word. So. The way this song is structured to me is that it's it's two different it's two people talking to each other the back and forth of that one person is talking about how they want to stay in the stay in a relationship the other one wants to leave it because you know they hate the other person and they're they're just it, the song is about fighting with with one another in the context of a relationship and I think it's perfect it really is like the way Claudio plays off of not only himself at times but also the way he plays off of the background vocals like we already talked about 
is perfect lyrically. I, I think this is just a really cool structured song that yeah has a verses that has the verses and choruses, but they're n- not everything is identical to one another. Like there's there's still a you know there's still parts in the chorus and choruses and verses that that are a little bit different from one another, and I, I think that's really cool. And it it adds so much. It adds a lot more depth to the song than you would hear in a lot of normal pop songs. I think this is this is a fucking amazing song. Everything it's about so this good. song is fucking amazing, lyrically, musically, vocally. Everything is fucking awesome. So, taken out of the the, the fictional story, I think this song is awesome. But anyway, should we play a little bit of the song and then move on? Why? Well, yeah, we've only played like one song. Only played two songs, right? Yeah, we played two songs. What other song do we but play besides it, "Welcome Home"? We played uh, 10 Speed. You didn't play 10 Speed. Yeah, we did play 10 Speed. Remember I didn't fade out? Oh, that's right. Yeah. You so, I told anyway, you. here's a little bit of uh, the suffering from Coheed. <laughs> There you go, the suffering from Coheed and Cambria. It's so good. It is like, really good. What, what you just played was was why this song is so damn good. Is because we didn't even get to like the big chorus, the big drop, right? The relief, yeah. but everything else was so worth it. It was and like this. Was. This song really makes you wait for that chorus. I love it. You know what I never really noticed until this week. Also, is the uh, like it's it's buried in the mix but when you really hear when you really listen you can hear it is that that piano part that dun 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 that very staccato kind of fast high piano part like yeah. like it like you hear in sweetness from jimmy world you know what i'm talking I about i don't think i mean i know i know the piano in sweetness yeah but i don't, I don't think i like heard it in this one yeah this it, i have no it's, notes it's, on that Leading up into the into the into the choruses, you in if it's like I said, it's buried in the mix, but you can hear it. It's like a very filler thing, but you can hear just that that high piano kind of staccato. Damn. Thing. Damn. It's fucking good, man. It's good, good stuff. But 
anyway, let's move on from the suffering. Um, what what else do you have on this record? What what, what was the other song you wanted to talk about? You want, so you the other thing, one more. Well, the one more thing is four songs. Ah, oh, so the, you want to do the the willing the well. willing well? Yeah, I mean, this is just. You like I this? Mean, this is amazing. Wow. This is a fucking masterpiece. Wow. Everything front, I mean, from the first part to the final cut, it's just, this is unreal. Okay. 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 Are you, are you also including like Apollo one, the, the writing writer in this, or are you just doing only the last I'm four just, tracks? I'm just doing the last four tracks. Gotcha. Because I mean, these, this last, these last four songs is everything that they do well in one single song. You know, the aggressiveness, the math rock, acoustic stuff, pop melodies, everything. No, I, I agree. Soundscape, this is, this everything is, is just 30 perfect. minutes of bliss. Like, it, I would be fine if, if I just had Welcome Home, Suffering, and then these four songs. Like, I would be totally cool with it. And that's still, that's still like an hour-long <laughs> album. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, think, I think these last four songs are like, seven to seven and a half minutes long each so we yeah, got what, 30 minutes oh yeah 30 minutes of just fucking this is like cassandra gemini from uh mars volta but not as good as cassandra because cassandra okay, is a take it easy buddy boy. pure masterpiece right. relax but you know what i mean it's just because you would agree cassandra is a better song i don't want why i don't like doing that because then by you if i said that's a great song then you're like oh see this is better than for goid <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna do exactly. that. Exactly. Not gonna do that. <laughs> That's why I do it. I'm trying to, you know. You can't get me. I don't get got. No, it doesn't happen. I'm trying to make you admit and realize that Mars Volta are one of the greatest bands of all time. But uh, the Willing Well. I don't even know. I don't even know if I can tackle this. <laughs> I mean, I have so many notes here. Do do just you the, know? Do you know what? what the Willing Well is? I don't know because I was just so excited okay. by by the song musically i just don't even give a fuck about the lyrics like it's, i, it's I have, cool, I have my own the lore is cool lore is i have cool. my own interpretation of all four parts do you want me to give you lore or do you, you want to give, me lore, the give lore me lore entirely because i honestly well, you i kind of like complain about the lore and i want to give it to you because if, yeah, no, if you don't care about it, why would i give it to you i want you to give me the lore because i did not care about the lore when i was when i was reading about this song i cared about my interpretation because that's all that matters in the end and the music itself. So if what you is care the about the lore? The lore does not care about like you. Like I said, I cared about I care about the lore. So get into the lore. I don't want to talk Please. about it. Please and thank you. The willing well the is is like a mirror to the wishing well. Huh? Dude, willing well. It's it's a mirror <laughs> that connects the two the two universes, the the our fictional or our factual universe with Claudio's fictional universe. And it's a way for the the for writer to pass between worlds. That's what the willing well is. That's what the substance is. So, like, I mean, just like real quick, the lore with this, these four things here is 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 Claudio fictional. Claudio believes actually he doesn't really believe he hates it, but everyone believes Claudio is is like the the, the one they call him the crowing. He's one that is going to to put an end to this other guy who was a uh, Wilhelm Ryan Wilhelm or something, some other general but, but claudio is, is going to bring peace yeah, to all all the land and he doesn't know how he's going to do it he doesn't believe that he's the one in uh, to the end of keeping secrets is silent earth three 
he says the race, the, the way he's going to do it is essentially end everything. But he still doesn't quite believe. Ryder, the writer, is 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 saying, "Yeah, you are the one, but your your destiny is to is to destroy everything because that's how I'm going to write you." And so then a fight a fight breaks out, and then Claudia tries to like overpower Ryder, but he's yeah, no! he's the writer. He's the writer of the story, right? You can't. It's this weird fucking meta fight that they have, and and like Claudio is this powerful being, and and he's tapping into un untapped potential and powers that he never knew existed, but really Ryder's just kind of like, bro, like this doesn't hurt me. I'm, I'm I invented you, and so then he tells him, you are going to destroy everything. Peace out, and then like he goes back to the normal world, and so I think this ends a little like ambiguously with. Writer is telling Claudio, "This is what you are going to do because I'm going to write it this way." I'm glad to have met you. Like goodbye, and that's it. Like that's how that's how the lore I read into ends. But I think, like, there's a lot of ups and downs and climaxes. But I think the music does follow it. And so, so that that goes across all four parts of the song, right? Yeah, or all the thirty minutes suite of, it. of the suite. Yeah, that's what they call it. A suite. That's what it's called. Come Dude, sweet, classy. <laughs> so with this first part musically i mean the highlight of this first part is is the drumming and the the palm muted guitars the way that they just intertwine with one another i mean honestly the drumming on this entire record is is so fucking tight it's so perfect it adds so much to the, the character of these songs the fills that that he has on this song on this record are just fucking perfect and amazing, oh, and this he song really is no does exception. anything cool, he's, but he doesn't oh, have to. He's but always it's just, just Meg White drumming. Oh. No, he's not though. He's not oh, though. Oh, there's some oh. really fucking rad parts on this on this album, and this song like like there's some crazy math rock kind of weird weird time signature shit that he does. It's fucking killer. And what, what's really cool about this song and part other parts of this record is that. You know the the palm muted guitars. They're not like big, heavy chugging things, but they're still muted. But then everything else, or the the drums and the bass, fill in the lower parts, which is normal, obviously. But it's not. It doesn't. Add, it doesn't make it this like this big, heavy chugging song because of the the highs and lows of of all the instruments. I don't know if I'm. I'm not even explaining that correctly. I should probably just I, stop. I, I, I like this one. I think this one's fucking great. This one's real jammy. It's real prog metally. Yeah. And like this one, the bass is finally getting its due. The bass is a solid line here. It's in the front. We can notice it. It's not just following the guitar parts. This is great. And I agree. Like everyone's chugging along like it normally does, but this one's like really heavy. Well, it gets but it's, heavier. It's subconscious heavy though. It's not it's not it's not Metallica heavy word where it's right off the bat, like it's we're dropping right into the heaviness. It's heavy because of the way the music builds around it, and it yeah. gets heavy. I, I, I agree. I love that. And this is the one, above everything else, this one reminded me of Yes. Some of the great stuff that Yes does, some of that really cool prog stuff, they are doing in this song. And there's, yeah. I don't know, there's also some really cool like traditional rock stuff, like the solo. The solo is a really oh, basic leads. traditional great rock solo. But it's... That's what you, they, they, there's just so many different genres going in here, and I, I love it. It sounds great. Yeah, I mean, and and also when once it once it builds into that heavier part with the bigger heavier guutars, because they they do get heavier. They they stop with the palm mutes. It's big, more you know, power chords and things like that. 
and Claudio sings through this like some voice effect to where it, it makes his voice like a couple octaves lower than normal. So he sounds almost demonic at certain points in the song. And then it just drops down back into kind of what they were doing before, a little bit heavier. And then you get some more solos, some more lead lead guitar parts. And then it just kind of drops into this crazy math rock part that seamlessly, I don't know how the fuck they did it, but it goes from this math rock thing to this big ballad, big, big sounding guitars. And then it just kind of fades out. And then that's the end of this part of the song. Like there are parts that, that should not transition well, but they, for what, I don't know what the fuck they do, but it just works like math rock into big ballad guitars should never ever work, but it does. I don't get it. I just don't understand it. They're just that musically. They're that good, but they never, they rarely ever shine like this. On this I think it's cause they focus, they, they focus a lot of attention on, on buildup and transitions. They, they don't ever just drop into a chorus. There's always a reason to drop into a chorus. There's always a reason for a solo to come up. And there's always like a reason for anything to happen in their music. And that's, Again, that's that's better songwriting. That is that is how can I make it better but not worse, and and yeah. that's that's what they are doing here because it's super easy to go from math rock to 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 ballad guitars, but, but it's super really. hard. Anybody can do it. It's just super well, hard do to it, do it. it it's super good. hard. It's super hard to do it and make it sound good. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So getting into the second part real quick. Th- this is a little bit. This is this is actually shorter. It starts off, you know, with with that synth kind of thing going on. Then the acoustic guitar comes in. It's super bouncy, very happy. It sounds like a Weezer song, like straight yeah, this up. Is super a unusual song. and different from this 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 album here. Yeah, I really think anything they've really done, they've never sounded this pop heavy, pop rock heavy ever. But yeah, straight up Weezer. Uh, and even as as the song builds a little bit more, like you get the heavier guitars and everything like thing like that the rhythm section still keeps it bouncy and swinging swingy even though everything's gotten heavier and i love that i really really love like love that they don't have to get into the big heavy toms and big cymbals and everything like that they can still keep it very swingy and bouncy and i thought putting this into the the part of the song overall it was just fucking perfect i loved it yeah it's fucking great. This is my this is my favorite of the four, I guess, if I had to rank okay. them. This is probably my this one and then uh yeah, that I would say this is my favorite of the four and then Willing Well one and then Final Cut and then Apollo two. If I had to rank the four. Because I I did write them as one song. Oh you did, okay. Yeah. Wait, Apollo two. Or uh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. three, oh, yeah, Apollo yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Apollo two was my was my least favorite as well. I mean, but this one it just sounds like it just sounds like everything that they've done on most of the record. They didn't really change it up too much. There's some cool drum fills uh, halfway through the song. There, there, there's a moment. There are moments where, like, they're they're kind of battling each other. Like sometimes the the bass will kind of do its own little thing. Then the guitar lead will do something. Drums will do something real quick. Then they'll switch off. But otherwise, it's um, it's pretty pretty average in the context of the record. I mean, it's definitely my least favorite the the third part is my least favorite of this of the suite the third part yeah the fucking part the this final one, uh, part 
is really good though. There, there's a part in this one too that that uh, pulls from what is it, Bl- uh, Blood Red Summer, right? Yeah, yeah, Blood Red Summer, yeah, Blood and Red then Summer, yeah. you can hear the dint, 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 and it's like, whoa, that's that's kind of cool. And then I read other people say that you can also hear Favorite House of Atlantic, some parts of that. I didn't pick that up. You can no, clearly hear Blood Red Summer, but I didn't pick up any House of Atlantic stuff. Um, but I don't know. It's cool. I think it's I think it's fine. It was my least favorite part, but whatever. It was still it was still really good. But yeah, you just can't compare it to the the first two parts of the Willing Well. But then the final part, the fourth part, it's Before a slower the final jam. Cut. Yeah, it, it's a slower jam. It trudges along like I mean, the entire song is just kind of the same beat, generally speaking, throughout the entire thing. But it's fine. Like it, it's still captivating. It still keeps me interested. There's some cool soundscapes. I don't know if it's a synth or guitar feedback or vocals. I'm not sure really what it is, but I think it it adds a lot to the overall sound of the song. Some good palm-muted, crunchy guitar, but it's still, it's it's not even a build. It's just like a slow, just kind of way to end a, end a record. I, I don't, I have no issues with it at all. So like like when you when we hear a song like this, this is a great version of it. But normally when songs are like this, when they're slow and they're like the closer, you think like, oh yeah, they this is just their slow song that kind of sucks and they put it at the end because there's still a melody in the chorus, whatever. Like this is a closing song for sure. It plays yeah. out like one, it sounds like one, and it's it's a good closing song. But this is a really, really good closing song because they didn't just throw it at the end. It has purpose. Yeah, and there's there is, fan, there's really good guitar work. The wailing of the lead guitar, which I think is what we're talking about, uh, there's like a wailing of a lead guitar over yeah. the back and forth single notes of the rhythm, like that, that weird noise. I think it's like some type of guitar effect. Is it okay? I I couldn't quite place it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I could be wrong, but that's that's just what I wrote. That's what I put down. But like, dude, mm. that's fucking money. That is so good. It is yeah. so rad. And then we get this fucking like Clapton-esque little solo here towards the end that like blends <laughs> in with some really cool soundscapes. Yeah. The and solo like, at the end was really cool. Th- that is not something that Kohe does. It's just a very like stripped down blues Clapton solo. They just they just don't do that. They don't well, they don't I, want to, they don't need to, and they did it here for a minute and it was I think it was, it was cool. I think it was intentional because they in the end the the secret song is a is a homage to led zeppelin to i don't know how to pronounce the name of the song i won't even try it Bro, how, brony brony soup brony soup <laughs> any, any anybody that knows zeppelin will anybody that's good that like a big fan of zeppelin will know what brony soup is physical Everyone graffiti brony song, soup not not zeppelin three brony soup or brony right. soup stomp i think it was called in zeppelin three yeah yeah so it's it's kind of like a an homage to that song so I think throwing like the blues rock style at the end of it before going into that homage was, I think it was very fitting. Very, very fitting. Fuck, man. Such a good album. That's so fucking good. It is. And like, lyrically overall, I'm not going to touch upon each part lyrically, but it's it follows, to me, it follows a lot of the same, you know, depression, betrayal of, of a partner, uh, you know, just the the kind of crazy feelings you feel toward that person for betraying you and that's just what most of this record actually all this record is about is betrayal and heartbreak that's the, that's what it all is but 
Yeah, this is a killer fucking record. So let's give our um, let's give our final thoughts on this one, and then we will uh, we will rate this album according to our world famous three point rating system. Where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album, give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So, what are your final thoughts and your rating? Go. This this is a concept album, and if you couldn't tell by the title, it's the fourth part of it's a concept album. Yeah, and so you you need you need to like you need to understand that you need to understand going into this that like through and through from front to back this is something that you need to listen to from front to back and if you take out the words entirely the lyrics the words the vocals entirely it still follows suit like you can still follow this from beginning to end it still flows nicely it sets out it it accomplishes what it sets out to do and it does it really really well and unfortunately Koita band that peaked here like this was their peak and even then they you know they, they're not they're they're still not like quite like a plus team they may be like a a tier or like b plus 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 tier mm-hmm. but it's just i i think because of their i think because of their aesthetics i think because of their devotion to their story as opposed to like writing just better pop songs they will never get they will never be like a plus tier. There's never, it's never going to happen. And that sucks because they are really, really good. They are really talented. They do a lot of really cool stuff and they've been doing it since fucking day one. Like they, True. they've never strayed from the path. They, they, they never strayed from who they are as a band, who they are as, as people in a band. And I really, it's just Claudio. And I think the, the guitarist who've been there forever. Yeah. For the everyone most else part, is, yeah. changes around, but like they, again, they are, they are a prog band at heart. And and they write music like that, and so you can hear it come through. This 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 album is fucking so good. I I, I listen to this album probably every couple months. Every couple Damn. months, I'll just I'll throw this on and I'll listen to it front to back and just I get lost in my books. You know what I mean? I get lost in my books. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, given that this 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 is a perfect album. This is a perfect three. There's not Damn. many. There are not many prog bands that can. Mm. There are not many prog bands that can tell a, a a story, and it's not really told here at all. You have to you have to dig deep into it, and and go to outside sources. But there are not many prog bands that can tell a story from beginning to end musically, mm-hmm. like 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 yes on 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 fragile, kind of did it. Um, but there's not many That's bands that can tell a story like musically from front to end that that flows that that genre hops that does it all. True. And ends and ends on a high note that's not filler, like in any way, shape, or form. Like this is such, man. The final cut is just such a fucking killer ending to this album. It's impressive. Yeah, it is. So you give it a perfect three out of three, according yeah, to our yeah. I I do. System. I think this is a perfect album. I think this one and I think Second Stage Turbine Blade, their first album. I think that's also a perfect album. <laughs> that's a bold statement. I Bold did that one. Statement. Honestly, that one blew me the fuck away. I cannot believe that these guys wrote an album and and said, "How can we capture every what's that band that the horrible band you like mindless mindless indulgences mindless for Snickers?" Yeah, like that yeah. band kind of like captured a, a a niche group of people and played to them. Like like Coheed said, "How can we do that?" But with like fucking a ton of genres that are popular right now, but then also still write a good album. But then also like underneath it all, write good prog metal and they did it yeah they did a good job that first record really uh really surprised me i really really like that first record too but 
but this record, Good Apollo, Volume 1, uh, whatever you want to fucking call it, stupid fucking title. It's so it's annoying. Not, it's not stupid it's at just, all. It's too long. It's silly. It. Okay, so this record, I I don't like to to go into this album thinking about the fictional story. I think that should be completely separate. I don't think it should have any relation to this record. Musically, lyrically, what what Claudio, I felt was going after, you know, on a personal level, I feel was, I thought it was interesting. And it was interesting. It was good. I really enjoyed it. The other stuff, the comic stuff, the novelizations, that's cool too. But to combine the both, I think that's reaching. I think that's too much. It just... I just don't dig it. It's it's not for me. So I think there's some amazing parts on here. Like we've talked about the heaviness, just the, the ups and downs of this record. They can do so much. I wish they could do more of the good stuff because we, we know they could do it because they do it so fucking well. But um, just the ups and downs, the the sweet, the, the last four songs, absolute for perfection. Those, those four songs, perfection, Welcome Home Perfection, The Suffering Perfection, you know, just some really, really, truly amazing songs and parts, and I I love it. I love this record. I, go, I don't go back to it that often, but when I do, I'm just kind of like, dude, why don't I go back to it? I'm blown away every time I hear it, and I really like it. I really love this record, but I don't think it's perfect. I really don't. I don't know, maybe if it's because of the whole comic part of it, you do. You have this like, massive story. like distaste for for extracurricular reading. I like that. I no, trust me. I really like that stuff. The the oh, that's the all you complain about the entire time. Because I don't think it belongs in the music. I really don't think it belongs in the music at all. Like, they should be completely. I think they should go. They should be completely separate from one another. Why? I really do. I really do. I just. I don't. I don't like. The combination of those two things. I, I don't like your fucking dumb lame. opinion on that. Well, it's not that it's lame; it just doesn't fit. I don't feel like it fits. So with that, <laughs> I'm gonna have to give this a two point seven five out of three. It's oh, not perfect damn. because of that. Still pretty high. Yeah, still it's because it, it's a fucking great record. You take that, you take that comic out of it. It's still a great, <laughs> yeah. great fucking record. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Ask me this. this. Ask when you're when every time you listen to Welcome Home this week, did you play the drum parts too? Oh, of course you have to. <laughs> like air drum <laughs> parts, you hit those ride cymbals. That 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 bell on the ride cymbal too. <laughs> the ding, 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 oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so fucking good. You got to do it. And the guitar part. Yeah, and just even even like the pinch harmonics. Even though I'm not good at doing that on the on a real guitar, I like to like to air guitar the pinch harmonics too. So good. It's when so you lame. when you air guitar pinch harmonics, do you like shake your hands? I do, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> That's exactly what I do. That's fucking how I do pinch harmonics on the I mean, air guitar. Even, I even shake you, my hands. Even when you do it on the guitar, you don't. You do a little bit of shake, but it's not as extreme as when I air guitar. It. You know <laughs> like what I mean? Vibrating, yeah. Because neither of us are good at doing that, but we can kind of do it if we really try. But the, the, the only time I'm good at it is when I'm not meaning to do it. Oh, that's the best part. Like when you do it by accident, you're like, oh my God, that sounds so cool. You'd never replicate it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's always by accident. Oh God. It's terrible. But um, yeah, I don't know. That, that's all I got for uh, 
for this for this goddamn record. Do you have anything else on this one? No, that's uh, that's it. That's all. All right, so yeah, you give it a perfect three out of three. I give it a two point seven five out of three. So thank you all for listening. Keep listening. Tell your friends. Tell 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 them how great we are. Give us five stars and five stars only. And you know what? That's it. That's all. Claudio Kuhlman. I say Sugar Ray. They say well, Sugar Ray. I say, yeah, Sugar Ray. They said the, the pop band? I said, they ain't pop, brother. They ain't pop here. <laughs> All right, there it is. Right in between Bob Dylan and BT Bam. Oh, God, Bob Dylan. Bob, Bob Dole. Dole. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even say we're going to clap. You just started counting, and I had my phone I in my hand, and so I tried to like, well, toss the phone to the side so I get the clap on the, on the, on the, yeah. <clears throat> yeah I'm yeah. sure you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> but like at least nothing's bad like like honestly yeah, listening true, to some true. of the deftone stuff like that shit was some of it was bad repetitive well, and bad this is just i'd never it's repetitive for sure but no, i don't think any of this was bad well i think your problem with the deftone stuff was be, was because you didn't listen to any of it <laughs> yeah so yeah you're, you're just making it all up this is the only album that was recorded who oh, fuck dude let me start who? the fuck over let who? me start the fuck over who <laughs>